now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Had a chance to get to church, I trust, and uh, had some decent weather to get out there and enjoy. And uh, I hope you're ready to get back at it today. For those of you for whom Monday is the start of the work week, I realize that for some people, Monday is just another day because your schedule uh, doesn't match up the sort of the traditional Monday through Friday schedule. That's certainly true for me. But Monday's still a day in which we, we kind of get started. I'm away from you during the weekend, so I'm back on Monday morning and glad to be here. I want to thank some good folks out in Richmond, uh, Todd and Catherine Phillips and, and a bunch of wonderful folks I had a chance to spend the evening with last night in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, for the start, the kickoff of the called Richmond, and we're getting a little uh, meeting group started there to to talk about issues and to study the Word of God, and and uh, Todd's our representative there, so thank you, uh, Todd, thank you, Catherine, and, and thank all of you folks who showed up last night. And for those of you who live in the Richmond, Virginia area and want to get involved in that, uh, we, we, we really believe that we're serving an important role of providing those of us who believe that the Bible should not be divorced from the issues of the day and the problems of our country, but rather should be applied to those issues and speak to those issues uh, and 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 find ourselves in churches where pastors simply won't take a pro-life stand. They won't take a pro-marriage uh, and pro-traditional family stand, and they won't take a stand uh, for Israel. They won't take a stand for the Word of God. Uh, we hope we provide a place where you can come and have some fellowship and, and maybe even get more deeply involved and, and help us to grow. So if you're interested in that, just email us at tcrichmond at thecalled.org, tcrichmond at thecalled.org. I want to remind everybody also that this is the 12th anniversary of Stand This Month. is our 12th anniversary celebration month. We started in July on July 4th, to be precise, July 4th of 2009. So this is year 12 for us, and we're doing a special Patriot Partners push. <laughs> Forgive the alliteration there. Patriot Partners push for uh, those of you who want to support our work. I mean, we're, we're dedicated to bringing Americans together across racial and cultural lines to defend and preserve our Judeo-Christian uh, history, heritage, values, principles, our Constitution, individual liberty, and all that attends to it. Uh, faith, family, freedom is what we are all about, and we want to come together as one nation under God, indivisible, therefore, with liberty and justice for all. Not social justice, justice, because social justice is a euphemism for socialism. But if you want to be involved in a church like that, that would be the place for you to go, and you want to support the work of STAND, uh, which is, by the way, the church and stand are two separate organizations, uh, kind of sister organizations, because the church supports the work of stand, stand supports the work of the church. Uh, but if you want to support the work of stand as a celebration and encouragement for us to go another 12 years, just go to standamerica.us. That's standamerica.us. 
and just click on the donate button and you'll see Patriot Partners and you can sign up for a recurring donation and we'll send you, for those of you watching me live stream, we'll send you one of these beautiful 12th anniversary commemorative mugs. And these are, these are pretty nice folks, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased at how nicely these have come out and, and it's, a, it's a really good cup because I, I use these often, sometimes drink hot tea in them and, you know, they don't get overheated where the handle is too hot for you to pull and all of that or for you to touch and, and all of that. Because so, I have some cups like that where you heat it up, you microwave it, and the handle gets too hot. <laughs> you know, you need, a, you, need, um, uh, you, you need something in your hand in order to be able to grasp the cup. But at any rate, uh, we'd look, love to have you all involved with us. Thank you for your support. I know the fact that you're listening means you support us. And, and thank you for your prayers. I know that you... You support and pray for our network, American Family Radio, and and I know you support and pray for me and for uh, the awakening and for uh, stand, uh, and we're we're using, of course, the church ministry to continue to advance the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as well as look, we have three three basic pillars for our church mission: save souls, save families, save the nation. That third one is often left out. Churches often ignore that. We believe that that is essential to our mission as a church. Save souls, save families, save the nation. Oh, by the way, I've got to tell you all this. You know, I, I think I've mentioned it already, but we have um, inaugurated, begun, Youth Taking a Stand, YTS, Youth Taking a Stand. And we've got a great group of young people. One of them is my researcher, Nicholas Frappier, who does research for me on the program. Um, another one attends my church. And in fact, a couple of them attend my church. Uh, one young lady from down in Mississippi, uh, Gabrielle, who is a, a tremendous pro-life warrior, a young man who works for the Family Foundation here in Virginia and is a field director for Family Foundation Action Al. Um, Al Evans and just just a great great group of people. Well, I think we got two more recruits from last night. Two more young people, and you know I want to say to all you young people listening to me, if you want to get involved with youth taking a stand, uh, let's see, do we have a special email for youth taking a stand? I think we do, but but in the meantime, just go ahead and email me, <laughs> email me for now till till I get that straight and can give you that. Email me at ewjackson at ewjackson.com. Very simple. ewjackson at ewjackson.com and say, hey, I want to get involved in youth taking a stand and we'll include you. We're going to, we're meeting a couple times a month in planning for what we're going to do and we'll include you in that. We're interested in getting chapters set up around the country. We're interested in planning a conference for our young people to come together. Um, we are a Christian group that is seeking to advance the cause of Christ uh, and, and the values that we believe grow out of our understanding of the Word of God and the implications for our country, but to reach young people who, frankly, we have been losing by the numbers to these leftists who got young people ashamed of our country and ashamed of our Constitution, but embracing socialism and Marxism uh, and, and, and a whole lot of uh, uh, just crazy the CRT stuff in the 1619 Project, and just all this weird leftist garbage that's being spewed out of the mouths of these professors in these colleges and universities. 
So I'm excited about being able to work with some young people and help get the word out, help them find their voices to speak to their peers and to speak to a broader audience of people. Uh, The truth, frankly, because there's so many young people uh, who are buying into the lies. And so, Serene, Gabriel, those two young people that I met last night, you all stand by. (laughs) You will be hearing from me. All right, folks. Well, listen, there's plenty to talk about today. The first thing I want to mention, though, is, you know, I've said, get ready for a tsunami of change in 2022 and 2024 because the American people are being awakened by the, by the, the figurative slap in the face that these leftists, these Democrats like Biden and, and his cohorts, Comrade Kamala, are giving people as they basically wreck the country. We've got inflation raging. We've got energy prices through the roof. We've got the border completely open now for anybody who wants to come in. We've got open border policies now. Let's just face it. We've got attempts to use the power of the state to force this vaccine on people. And I think people have really had it. And we're about to see a change back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. We all know examples of big tech censorship, but most Americans seem unconcerned with the impact this is having on free speech in our society. Earlier this month, Donald Trump announced that he was suing big tech. The announcement was greeted with either comments like he deserved it or else a resignation that this was inevitable. Christian author Eric Metaxas had his radio program thrown off YouTube for what was called content restrictions. As one commentator noted, this action was ignored by many, even in the Christian community, and hardly considered newsworthy. Have we become so jaded by big tech censorship? You may not like the former president or read any of the best-selling books by a Christian author, but you should at least be concerned that what has been done to such prominent people can also be done to you. As former President Trump said in his op-ed, if Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube can censor me, they can censor you. And believe me, they are. He mentions a Michigan school teacher who was banned from Facebook for sharing an article questioning mandatory masks for young children. When her brother went missing, she was was unable to use that social media to get the word out. A Colorado physician was deplatformed by YouTube for making a video explaining how her church could hold services safely. I realize that it is unlikely that the former president's lawsuit will go very far in the court system. I also understand that these companies are private entities and not subject to First Amendment concerns. Moreover, many Democratic members of Congress would even like big tech to go further in censoring their political opponents. Very little change likely will take place in the near future, but that doesn't mean we have to ignore the unfairness of big tech censorship. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Loneliness, go to viewpoints.info slash loneliness. That's viewpoints.info slash loneliness. Is your heart in a position to pray? Sometimes the reason we don't get our prayers answered is because we don't qualify. James 5.16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. David said in Psalm 66.18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I found if my children were guilty, 
and I asked them to pray, they didn't want to pray. When there's guilt in our heart, we don't want to talk to our Father. Perhaps the most important thing you could do today in prayer is to get with God, let Him search your heart, and confess anything He shows you that stands as a hindrance between you knowing His will, sensing His presence, and being the child of God that He desires you to be. Start your prayer today with confession. This is Steve Canfield, Revivalist with Life Action Ministries for OneCry.com. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, I didn't plan to talk about this. I didn't know that my friend Eric Metaxas had been thrown off of YouTube. I should, I guess I should have known that. I know Eric, and um, that I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, uh, but I didn't know. Now, you all know that I was suspended from YouTube until, I think, until August now, but I'm, look, they're going to find some other excuse. But, you know, these companies have got to be broken up uh, because... Here's the only place I would differ in our commentary from our commentary. They are private companies technically, technically. But in reality, they're arms of the state because they work very, very closely with the Biden administration. As you know, Jen Psaki inadvertently admitted that they were working with big tech to determine who should be censored with regard to, quote unquote, misinformation about covid they're arms of the state. And look, Google set up China's social demerit system to monitor every single citizen in China. I tell you what, I don't know who the Antichrist is, and I don't know how close he is to being revealed, but if he were here today, he would be a partner with Google. Google would be right in there with him, helping the Antichrist to identify and probably so would all the other big tech companies as well. They as well. They'd be right there worshiping the beast. They've got to be broken up, folks. They've got to be broken up. It's just that plain and simple. These companies put together are bigger than most countries. Financially, bigger than most countries. They they've simply got to be broken up. That includes Amazon, by the way. They've got to be. They've got to be. It's too much power in the hands of too few, and they've got an agenda, and that agenda is skewing the culture and the laws and the and the the basically the the integrity of everything. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg gave hundreds of millions of dollars not to to just to political parties or political party, the Democrat Party. That's the only thing he would support, but to election officials. He bought outcomes. By giving them all this money. And anybody who thinks he just, oh, no, he just gave them money to be more efficient. Oh, come on. He bought the election for Joe Biden. He bought it. Everywhere he put $100, $150 million, he was buying the election for Joe Biden. Now, that's that's simply too much power. Too much power in the hands of too few people with an agenda. It is contrary to our constitutional republic, and they are, as far as I'm concerned, de facto, they are arms of the government. Period. They are not private companies in the traditional sense of the word. That doesn't even apply to them, in my view. 
and the fact that they are in the communications industry, the communications business, which means they get to control the flow of information, makes them doubly dangerous. They're not building widgets. They're not selling appliance parts. They are providing access to the information highway. And that's a, that's a unique situation which our country has never experienced before, and we simply can't allow them to continue as they are. It's just that plain and simple. So I don't know who's going to be the next president, but whoever the next president is should make it his business to bring antitrust suits against them and to, to take every possible action. This, it, it is time for an Andrew Jackson National Bank showdown. I'm serious, folks. It is time for an Andrew Jackson National Bank showdown. All right. (laughs) Okay. Let me move away from that because I just mentioned before the break that the confidence, I was getting to this, the confidence, the optimism of the nation is plummeting, is plummeting, folks. It's fallen 20 points in the last several weeks in terms of optimism about the future. Well, how could it not? We're in a mess. And the mess is being created. And it's being created by people with a different view and vision of our country than most Americans, I'm convinced, most Americans have. It is a view that debunks our Constitution, debunks our Declaration, uh, debunks our way of life, debunks faith in God, debunks the traditional family. The loss of a child through an abortion affects the emotional health of families. Feelings of anger, sadness, and regret can be overwhelming, but there is hope and healing in the aftermath. Call the International Helpline at 866-482-LIFE to talk with someone who's been where you are and healed to help others. Your call is confidential. 866-482-LIFE. The great jazz trumpeter Miles Davis was known as a minimalist. He tried to play the fewest notes possible to make every note meaningful. He told his jazz protégés, think of a note and don't play it. I like that. Every note not played means one less chance for a mistake. President Calvin Coolidge had a similar philosophy about using words. He said, I have never been hurt by anything I didn't say. And I think the Apostle James would agree with both the musician and the president. Be slow to speak, he wrote. Speaking slowly means we can choose our very best words. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's power to choose words wisely on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. People often wonder how God can even hear the prayers of everyone in the world, let alone give them individual attention. But Dr. Tony Evans says even humans can do something similar. He'll explain what it is as we spend two minutes with Tony. Many of you have access to Netflix and iTunes. They have a set amount of movies 
that you can pull down. Millions of people can order the same movie at the same time or different times and it's still going to show up on everybody's screen. Man is so talented that they have created a technological world in which the amount of people are irrelevant. Well, now, if puny men can come up with technology piggybacking off of God for you to get 24-7 attention on the movie you order along with millions of other people, how much more do you think the eternal creation God can address millions of people at the same time or different times who come to him using the order form he has authorized. I don't need your Netflix account if I got my own account. Okay? So God says, before you talk to your kinfolk, before you talk to your best friend, before you talk to your wife, before you talk to the powers that be, how about checking with me? Because if you check with me first, you may not need to have all those other conversations. Dr. Evans has an extensive collection of messages online, something to speak to any need. Browse our library today by visiting us at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Sometimes a political party can get way out in front of the voting public and then pay a price at the ballot box. Matt Vespa reminds his readers that this happened to Republicans in the past election. But he focuses most of his commentary on what is happening in the Democratic Party due to its woke wing. We have been through years of political correctness, speech codes, pronoun criticism, and critical race theory. Some leaders in the Democratic Party are starting to fret that this lurch to the left on anything cultural. My apologies, folks. Uh, we, we had a technical problem beyond our control, but I am back with you now and glad to be. So as, as I was saying before being so rudely interrupted by the technology, um, we have, we're in a mess in our country, and it's a mess we are in by design. I think there are forces at work in this country that desperately want to completely undermine our confidence in our system and way of life so demoralize the American people that we are open to a very, very dramatic, indeed revolutionary shift. And part of what their strategy is, if they can get young people to buy into it, as someone said to me last night, that they, I think they said they heard this, or some young person say this, we just have to wait for you old folks to die out so that we can really turn this country into what it needs to be. What they don't realize is we're going to pass along our Judeo-Christian worldview, our respect for our Constitution, our love for this country. We're going to pass it along to enough young people that they are going to be the ones to lead the next generation of this country's future. Not, not these leftists. They are in for a rude awakening. Um, And so confidence, optimism in the future of the country under this administration is plummeting. And of course, it should be. I mean, are you all seeing the violent crimes taking place? 
elderly people being attacked. They the three guys jumped on a firefighter and, and 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 tried to beat him to death for nothing. I mean, he had done nothing. Attacks on old people, treating them like like like. I, I, I mean, I, I was going to say like dogs, but my goodness gracious. No dog deserves the kind of treatment that they're, they're giving, dishing out to elderly, defenseless people. And, and I've got a list of 139 young, innocent people killed in the crossfire since January of last year. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Palestine in the time of Jesus was divided into three sections. In the south was Judea, the region where Christ was born. In the north was Galilee, the region where Christ grew up. In between Judea and Galilee was Samaria. The scriptures tell us of a journey Jesus took through Samaria. It also reminds us that Jews did not normally travel through Samaria. In fact, the Jews considered the Samaritans such a low-class people that no self-respecting Jew had any dealing whatsoever with a Samaritan. We know that Jesus and his disciples stopped at Jacob's well in Samaria to rest and eat. The disciples left Jesus at the well and went into Sychar to get some food. It was about noon and Jesus was resting at the well waiting for the return of his disciples. As he waited, a Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. To the casual reader, there's nothing unusual about this. But to one who is familiar with the customs of the day, the oddity is immediately recognized. No woman ever drew water in the middle of the day. Only work absolutely necessary was performed while the heat was so intense. Women drew their water at the close of the day when temperatures were much cooler. It was a social event for the village women, and as they drew water, they could catch up on the latest gossip. Evidently, the respectable women had so ignored, excluded, and embarrassed this woman that she came to draw water at a time when she would be sure no one else would be present. Then Jesus did a very unusual thing. He spoke to the Samaritan woman. He asked her for a drink, and the request opened up a conversation which was to change her life. She replied to his request by reminding him of the racial prejudice between the Jews and Samaritans. But then Christ lifted her vision to a higher plane by offering her living water. When she again injected the race issue into the conversation by mentioning the Samaritan temple on Mount Gerizim, located to the south and visible from Jacob's well, Christ reminded her that the place where one worshipped was unimportant. The important part of worship was the how in spirit and truth. It is of supreme importance that Christ first revealed his identity to this woman of the world, married five times and living with a sixth man. 
To the Jew, this woman was as low a human as one could be. It is significant that John included this story in his gospel. None of the other gospels contained it. Here is Christ revealing for the first time his messiahship to a sinful Samaritan woman. In effect, John is saying that God's love reaches to the very lowest and least of all people. The love of God knows absolutely no limits. You can still drink from Jacob's well today. Each time I stop there, I pause to drink from the very deep stream. For centuries and centuries, the well has been giving life. But each time I drink, I'm reminded of the living water which Christ gave to that Samaritan woman. And, like he said, this living water is available to us no matter who we are or where we worship. Indeed, God's love knows no limits. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. I'm going to try to get a couple of calls in during this segment. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. But I want to hit a couple of things before I come to the phones. One is, I'm sure you all have been hearing the story about Cory Booker. Cory Booker, um, Cory Bush, I think her name is, um, who is one of these defund the police advocates. But she spent $70,000 last year on private security. $70,000. So, you know, I've often said these leftists don't care about the American people. They don't care about anybody. They care about power. Here's a perfect example of it. You've got people dying in the streets. You've got 139 children murdered as far as the, that's the best count we can come up with. It's probably many more because these things don't make a lot of news. Innocent children gunned down, sleeping in their beds, playing in their living rooms, uh, riding their bikes in their neighborhoods, in a park. Uh, in a car with their pastor, just brutally gunned down by these thugs in these inner cities who couldn't care less about who dies when they decide to shoot up the area. These folks have less police coverage now because the police have been demoralized, defunded, budgets cut, retirements, resignations. These folks who are being killed have less police protection. But Cory Bush has got her own private security. See, these folks don't care about the American people. They care about power. And that's what they're going after. As long as they can demagogue an issue, they're going to look out for their own rear ends. They could care less about anybody else. Now, this seems to me to permeate this whole movement. Of course, it's Marxism, isn't it? Because Marxism doesn't care about individuals. It, it, it sees life in cosmic terms, that the meaning of life is the historical struggle between the classes. See, the classes, not, not people, the classes. These Olympians, who've now just the soccer team, American soccer team lost, the American basketball team lost, And you have to ask the question, who are they playing for? They're insulting the American people. They they don't honor the flag. 
And, you know, the, the, the other question it poses for me is this. Why do you even want to play for a country that you neither respect nor love? In fact, a country that, for some of them, you hate. Why would you even want to represent our country? No wonder they're losing. What's the motivation for winning? I mean, part, it seems to me, in the history of the Olympics is the excitement is I get to represent my country. I get to play for the American people. I get to take home the prize for, for America. But if you hate America or you don't respect America, why in the world would you have the incentive to win? I don't know that they're intentionally just, ah, who, who cares? But it's got to affect your attitude, wouldn't you think? Well, here again, they're destroying the whole country. My wife and I, I mean, they're, they're just wrecking the whole country, messing everything up. We're not going to let them destroy it. We're going to rebuild this country. We're going to bring it back to what it ought to be. But I, my wife and I were sitting in a restaurant, and there was a baseball game on, and I was sort of looking over her shoulder, seeing it on the screen, and she said, what are you looking at? And I said, I'm looking at this baseball game. And she said, but, but you're not, you don't really watch it anymore. I said, no. I said, but, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, I enjoy sports and I enjoy watching sports and I resent the fact that they've kind of taken that away from me by politicizing sports. But you know what I'm learning, folks, the more I study communism, Marxism politicizes everything. They don't want any part of life that they are not controlling. That's the nature of what they do. And so they rob everything of its its independent joy or entertainment or or fun because everything becomes a tool of the ideology and this is what they've done to sports so it's not only economically the country's just being wrecked but but culturally as if it wasn't bad enough already culturally they've now taken further steps to mess the country up and even taking taking away some of the pleasure that, that Americans enjoy from entertainment and turn that into a polemic against America. Here's the last thing I'll mention, and then I'm going to start to take some of your calls, 888-589-8840. I didn't know this. Last year, the Trump administration, uh, the Justice Department, of course, arrested five Chinese nationals who had come to the United States of America, embedded themselves in our country, on the basis of falsified visa applications, they were military people, but they lied and said they weren't. They came to our country representing the Chinese military. They embedded themselves in universities, primarily in California, University of California at Davis, at Los Angeles, I think at San Jose, and a couple of other universities, I think one outside of California. And Stanford University is another one that they embedded themselves in. They were found out. They were arrested, put in jail. The Biden administration just released them and said they've suffered enough. And they're just sending them home. Now, these people are, are, were committing acts of espionage. They were, they were in these places to spy on the United States of America, to steal our secrets. They came here, uh, almost all, as researchers, either in science or technology. And the Biden administration said, oh, they, they've suffered enough. We, we, we just, we're going to let them go and send them home. This is really my last point before I come to your calls, and it's this. I think 
we need a national security audit in our country to try to determine where communist China, the, 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 the Chinese Communist Party, is spending its money and using its power to infiltrate the United States of America and weaken us from within. Is any of that $90 million that Black Lives Matter raised, is any of that money from communist China, has it been laundered and given to them and really been sent to them by communist China? This money that's flowing through our politics, is that money flowing? We know that Eric Swalwell was being wined and dined by, by a Chinese spy. We know that he was in it. That was his girlfriend. We know he was in intimate relationships with a Chinese spy. If he'd been a Republican, he'd probably be in jail right now. We need a national security audit to determine just how bad is it. And you know what I've learned reading Whitaker Chambers book about the infiltration of, of communism uh, and all these communists, by the way, were all answerable to the Soviet Union. They were not independent. They were not on their own. They did not. They were Americans who did not feel see who did not, as they saw it, owe their first loyalty or any loyalty to the United States. They owed their first loyalty to first Lenin and then Stalin and to the Soviet Union. Now, do we have Americans running around this country? who feel that they owe their first allegiance to communist China because they are the lead communist country in the world today. And remember, one of the things I learned from the book is that liberals always side with communists. They always side with communists. Because that's their proclivity. That's their predisposition. They like the totalitarianism. They like the control. Uh, They like the collectivism. I think they have more affection for communism than they do for what I call Americanism. And that's the other thing that this has got me to thinking about. You know, what we need in these universities and colleges across the country, and what we need in the curriculum of our education is something I call Americanism. Americanism. We need to teach our young people the, the, the compendium of philosophical and theological and political ideas that fueled the growth and prosperity and success of the greatest nation in the history of mankind. Back in a moment. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. And we thank you for your support. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a healthcare plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. 
The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the typical health insurance plan. That's double. So you get a massive network of providers to choose from. You get telehealth services. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. Here's why now really is the time to make the switch, too. You can start saving each month, which is huge, but right now they'll waive your joining fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. But again, it's a limited time offer. You got to call now. And it only takes two minutes to find out how much you'd save by switching. Here's the number 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. I love in the song of Solomon, after Solomon and the Shulamite woman get back after the honeymoon, they have conflict. It's important when you have conflict in your marriage to get the right advice. And here's Ted Cunningham on Focus on the Family Minute. Conflict takes place around the bedroom. Solomon leaves. The Shulamite woman goes looking for him. And on her journey looking for him, she runs into their backup singers. And this is what they say in Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 1. Where has your beloved one gone, most beautiful of women? Which way did your beloved turn that we may look for him with you? Not, he's a bum. You knew this was going to happen. This is all men. No, they're an ally for the marriage, not just the spouse. Are you an ally for marriage? Well, think of some ways that you can help build up the relationships around you. More from Ted at FamilyMinute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. Huai, the big Chinese tech company, has just hired Tony Podesta to be uh, a lobbyist for that company. That's he's a big Clinton operative. Uh, you know, it's it just appears as if our country is just being sold out from underneath us by leftists who tell us that they don't like capitalism, but they're happy to take Chinese money, apparently. Uh, look, I want to get to your calls. The number is 888-589-8840. We've got open lines, folks. 888-589-8840 is the number. Um, we, you know, this the situation is is bad. But I'll tell you something. I am extremely hopeful that something very dramatic is going to happen uh, in about a year and a half in 2022. And in 2024, you mark my words. I I have a lot of confidence in the American people. They're busy living their lives, running their businesses, raising their families. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff that can't be ignored. And once they awaken and see what's actually going on, which the left is not allowing you to ignore, I think a lot of people are going to say these people have got to go if they because if they don't, they're going to destroy this country. And that's not what I'm working for. That's not what I want for my children and grandchildren. And I'm not going to let that happen. And I think the meeting I had in Richmond last night is indicative of that. A lot of people showed up who just frustrated and, and feel like something needs to be done. They're Christians, but they see churches and pastors that don't want to get involved at all. And they feel like it's, it's, they're kind of marginalized and, and irrelevant and, uh, and, and I come along and they say, my goodness, yes, because he's saying what I'm thinking. He's saying what I'm feeling. And I think there are people all over the country who are experiencing the same sentiments. And I think we're going to see those folks show up 
in droves. Okay, 888-589-8840. Let's come to your calls. Let's go to Linda in Ohio. Linda, welcome. Welcome, um, Bishop Jackson. It's such Thank an honor. You. Thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, I'm a conservative teacher in, a, in an urban district. Um, and you, first of all, you'd be surprised how many conservative teachers there are mm-hmm. in my building, more than you think. And my question is about CRT. Um, my district is considering adopting a CRT program, and one of my colleagues said you can't be forced to teach it. So I thought, well, that's great, but let me check on that. I called the union, and they said if the school board adopts CRT as the curriculum, there is the expectation that you will teach it. And I said, so there's no First Amendment. They said the First Amendment is looked at differently. Teachers don't really have First Amendment rights in the classroom. So then I said, so you won't back me up at all? And they said, no, we will make sure that your due process is observed. And I said, and what can happen? And they said, there's a continuum of disciplinary practices that would range from a warning all the way to termination, that they don't have to follow all of those steps so that it can, the first step can be termination. Hmm. So then I thought, okay, I have to follow CRT. How about... Okay, so here's two things that I'm considering. I'd love to know, not just as a bishop, but I know that you're also a lawyer. What would you think of this? First thing would be I put whatever CRT thing that I object to on my Google Classroom, and then I ignore it. I say, there it is, or I have one question for the students. What did you think of this article? And everybody who answers the one question gets an A, right? Second thing, I teach CRT, I teach it respectfully, I teach it joyously, and I teach it non-judgmentally, and I present both sides Mm -hmm. of the issues. And I, I tell my students, you know, you decide, here's both sides of it, what do you think? So then I'm teaching it. So how can the union say she's not teaching it? I'm complying with what they say. I've got you, Linda. Say, well, we Linda, like Linda I'm, I'm in my last segment, but I, I've got I've got the gist of it. Linda, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it very much. Let me quickly respond to that. I, I think your latter approach is a good one. Um, and here's the thing: when somebody says you you have no First Amendment rights as a teacher. That's not true. Um, you can't be made to say things that you don't believe in. Um, and, and what CRT is, is not history. It is a polemic. It is a point of view. And so you're right. If you were to teach it as a point of view and say, I don't share this point of view, but here is a point of view that some people have. And here is the contrary point of view, which I, and I think you can also tell your students, which I do share, I do share this point of view. But you don't have to agree with me, but I'm just telling you this is the point of view that I believe in. But other people believe this other point of view. Uh, I think you could you'd be on very, very strong ground in doing that. But that's not what they want. They want you to teach CRT as a fact that this is the nature of America. And I don't think they have. I think you have the constitutional right to say I won't do that. Thank you for the call, Linda. Let's go to Ricky in Mississippi. Ricky, welcome. How are you doing today, sir? I'm blessed, Ricky. How are you? Fantastic. Love your program. I just was wanted to comment on your analysis about communism and how it's affecting our government. Brother, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm on my knees, and I told my wife, we've never been in China 
as missionaries, but we're about to find out how they live. Because I thoroughly believe this election was stolen by the Chinese, and we are already subservient as a colony of China. I believe that's already taken place. And the rest of this is window dressing. If they stole the presidential election, and they did, they will never, ever be a fair and open election in this country again moving forward. Well, Ricky, uh, thank you so much for the call. Um, I, I hope you're wrong that it's already a done deal. Um, and I believe that you are. I believe that there's still hope for turning the situation around. I, I would not question, I don't have any, any basis for questioning or arguing with whether China was involved in the stealing or the manipulation of the election. That's why I say we need a national security audit. Yeah, the, how, how likely is that? We need a national security audit to find out just how involved they are and to trace the money. You know, I think we've got the expertise to do that. Uh, and I think we would be shocked at what we learn. I mean, I just told you about five Chinese military operatives embedded in our uh, universities, and we didn't know anything about it. It's now made the news because the Biden administration has decided to give them a pass and let them go. The Trump administration put them in jail. I guess they were waiting to try them. The Biden administration has released them. And I, so I, I see what you're saying when you say, are they already in control? But at least they were in jail. And, and at least we're aware of, of some of what is going on and I think that that suggests that there's hope for correcting the situation. So thank you for the call, Ricky. Let's go to John in Arkansas. John, welcome. Yes. Um, I wanted to comment on the COVID-19 virus, how all of a sudden it has spiked. And I'm wondering if the fact that uh, uh, the Biden administration is relocating the illegal uh, entry people from our southern border, and they're spreading them all over the country. I wonder if that's the cause or a major part of the cause of the COVID-19 virus spiking. Well, John, thank you for the call. Look, I hear again, I have not done a close scientific study on this. I do know that part of the spike is on our southern border, which would indicate that it's because of people coming across with COVID. And I'll tell you something. If you ask me what I surmise, yeah, I surmise that it is people coming across the border illegally who apparently when they've looked at them, they do have the Delta variant that they're spreading all across the country. And that is contributing at the very least to the resurgence of the virus. I think it's, it's axiomatic. I mean, it's just, yeah, to me, it's, it's beyond denial. It's, and, and, and here again, you know what I said earlier in the program? They don't care about us. Uh, you know, boy, that's hard to say. You know, because you don't want to think that you have fellow Americans who don't care about us, don't care about the American people. They only care about themselves and their power. Because I can say sincerely, folks, I care about what happens to this country, and that includes the people in the country that I don't agree with. I don't want them hurt either. They're, they're still my fellow Americans as long as they're here. But frankly, I don't think the left shares that kind of, 
of, uh, of generous viewpoint. I don't think they care what happens to us as long as they end up in power over us. So spreading COVID across the country, as long as it gets them, gives them the ability to order people to wear masks and get vaccines and learn to comply and learn to obey. I think that's just fine and dandy with them. And here again, if they don't feel that way, they got a strange way of showing it. Thank you for the call, my friend. Let's go to Autry in Louisiana. Autry, welcome. Hey, my brother, how you doing? I know you don't have much time, man, but I just want to thank you, bro, for that message uh, that was played uh, yesterday. Um, okay. That message, brother, was powerful, you know, and, and I'm sure it was longer, but it only had like 27 minutes. Um, it was outstanding. Uh, it Praise told God. The, the biblical truth, and it, 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 it showed how God works through our history to order things. And that's not what the people are hearing, man. And so I thank you for your boldness, brother. God bless you. Continue on in Jesus' name. And I Amen. like you. I, I read the back of the book. We're going to win, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Autry. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate that. I lose track of these uh, programs, what's airing, but I'm going to go back and find out which one that was. And uh, since, since Autry found it so helpful, I, I will mention it again on the program and make it available to you all, or at least tell you where you can go and listen to that program. Uh, but thank you so much for the call, Autry. Thank you for the support, brother. God bless you. Uh, look, folks, because, as Autry said, we've read the back of the book, and, and I've learned that uh, uh, Andrew Walmick likes to say, and I've read the beginning, and I've read the middle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And there's only one message I hear from it, victory. And I believe that for our country because of your prayers and my prayers and the prayers of millions of others across this country who love God and want to see us come together as a nation for the benefit of ourselves and our posterity. I know that God is hearing and answering our prayers. Even as the the left goes crazy, I think we are poised for victory. And folks, remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.